Today, I guess we're going to be talking about architectural projections. This is 7 Minutes of BS. Building science with a beat. I'm Dan Morrison, editor of Pro Tradecraft, and you already know what Sarah Gray and I are talking about today. And I'd like to add a subtitle called Old Building Details That Work. Sarah is an engineer with RDH Building Science, and she is super jazzed. And I'm super jazzed about this topic because this is my heart and soul and the, the way I look at buildings and how I make um, some amount of money. Um, So I guess the best way to do this is imagine you're standing on a a street corner in an old city like Boston, like New York, like San Francisco, probably San Francisco, like Chicago, definitely Chicago. And look around at the old brick, stone and terracotta buildings and you'll see a lot of architectural features on most or all of those buildings that break up the water line and that shed water away from a building. So we have to understand that water is public enemy number one. So the goal is to keep water away from a building so that it doesn't seep into the roofs, into the walls, into the basements. It is true. Look at Liquid Water's LinkedIn page. Its job description is to turn houses to mush. And only you can prevent this. Using design elements is a great way to start. Some of those architectural elements um, could be starting from the top and working down. First of all, a lovely cornice, which is an overhanging projection at the top of a building that, uh, you know, in the late 1800s and early 1900s was decorative, but it really served an important function in terms of shedding water away from the brick or stone below. So these projections range anywhere from six inches, 12 inches, sometimes even three or four feet out uh, cantilevered away from the main vertical wall face below. The blue collar cousin of the fancy cornice is the capstone. If there wasn't money or the decorative effort put into a cornice, you would often see a capstone detail at the top of a building where you'd have a very durable stone that could withstand the elements sitting on top of the the brick masonry below to serve as a more durable feature to stop water seeping into the brick. Brick is porous, which means there are a lot of little holes in it. To rain, brick looks like a whole bunch of baby birds with their beaks wide open looking for worms. I don't want to say that water is wormy, but an impermeable capstone could stop your walls from getting wormy. Those capstones will often have a drip edge or a kerf in them that helps break the surface tension of water and again shed water away from the wall. Further down the building as we take our journey from the top to the bottom, uh, you'll often see continuous horizontal bands of stone or sheet metal. Again, that help capture water that's sheeting down the face of the building and shed it away from the building itself. At window sills, you'll see sloped stone pieces. Those sills may have drip edges or drip slots or curves cut into them, again, to break the surface tension and get the water away from the wall. And at the bottom of a building, uh, particularly if the building is uh, brick masonry or a soft sandstone, you'll see a, a band of granite that's 
between two to three feet, maybe even four feet tall off of the sidewalk or grade level. And that's called a water table. The water table is made from impervious material that won't wick nearly as much. The more dense and durable granite actually slows the wicking or the rising damp up through the masonry. And even if water does wick into that water table through capillarity or, or just water absorption, those stones are often more durable and can withstand the, the freezing and thawing of water that tends to tear those um, softer materials apart. So really from the top to the bottom, we're looking at breaking up the facade, shedding water away, capping vulnerable details, and using more durable materials uh, to stand up to the forces of nature. Keeping water out of the masonry keeps it out of the structural wood members like joists and beams. If water gets into them, water kicks the door open to more problems. Mold, rot, bugs, and all the other nasties. Okay, so water is bad, design is good. Let's put this information into practical use. Right, so let's visualize a, a window, looking at a window head on. So the sill of the window typically has a, a piece of wood, a fairly substantial piece of wood, or a fairly substantial piece of stone on which the window sits. The window sill. We'd like to have that stone or wood sill project out from the face of the wall below uh, by I'd say at least an inch. Two inches is better. How about three inches? Three inches is getting a little out to lunch. So let's say between one and two inches. So that moves the plane of water shedding out away from the brick. But because of surface tension, which helps water stick to surfaces by sticking to itself, shedding water is not as easy as pushing it away. Because of the clinginess of water molecules, the water rolls down onto the outer vertical face of the sill, and then it can actually roll to the underside of the sill, sort of gravity-defying in nature's greatest way. Without some kind of interruption, the water will keep on rolling back to the surface of the wall. A saw kerf will do the trick. The water traveling under the sill moves at a steady clip until it gets to the saw kerf. Like a line of marching people who come to a river, if the people in front stop, all the people marching behind bump into them and wind up pushing peeps into the stream. Because water cannot march up the kerf, it stops. And then the water behind it bumps into it to form a drop. When the drop is big enough, gravity becomes stronger than the surface tension, and the drop drops. And the water can fall away from the sill. And because we have that sill projecting outward from the wall below, the, the water sheds away from the wall surface. For those of you keeping track, it's water bad, design good, saw curve good. Slope is good too. Any slope is better than none, as long as it's sloping away from the building. Some people say a quarter of an inch to a foot. Which is about a half degree. Some say, you know, 2%, 3%, 5%. 5% slope is about 3 degrees. Anything greater than an eighth of an inch per foot works well enough. Perhaps a little more slope at the top cornice or capstone at the very top of the building because that's what sees the brunt. More slope is better, but if you get it too sloped and too angled, sometimes the architects get a knot in their knickers. And naughty knickers are no good. 
Remember, you get paid for what you do and what you know. There's only 24 hours in a day, but information is infinite. We'd like to thank RDH Building Science for unfettered access to their army of engineers. Seven Minutes of BS is a production of the SGC Horizon Media Network.